Welcome to another edition of the Hidden Layers podcast, where we talk about all the exciting ways marketing, data, and deep learning are colliding. Today, we're joined by Karen Rogers Robinson, the Digital Marketing Automation Strategist and Assistant Vice President at Truist. She's an experienced customer engagement professional skilled in omni-channel communications, and she's created solutions for customer experience, overall business communication. Before Truist, which is the new name of SunTrust and BB&T Banks, Karen worked at AT AT&T and all of its predecessors and the SBA, the Small Business Administration. Welcome to Hidden Layers, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. So I wanted to kick off by talking about Truist because it's a brand new brand and not everybody may have heard of it yet. So I think it'd be great for you to talk a little bit about what Truist is, where it comes from, and and then, you know, I have a few follow-up questions to that. Okay. So as you mentioned, Truist is the combination of legacy BB&T and and the two banks got together to bring our customers and our the community together and just share good values and, and trust and and we get together on technology and touch right that's our mission is to bring our our customers secure and successful experiences through touch and technology our values, we strive to be trustworthy, caring, and just one big old team to bring success and happiness to everyone. I can truly say in the year, because it's been exactly a year since I've been a teammate, it, amazing things have happened. The bank has really um, stepped up in the communities as it relates to COVID, you know, providing through our Truist Cares access to testing, things of that nature. We've helped out with food, just really digging in to be a part of the community. Even recently with the passing of Hank Aaron, we opened up uh, Truist Stadium and just allowed people to go and, and commune through, you know, we're of course, we're stressing social distancing and doing this, but just to be an outlet and be there for each other, just so that you, you can be around people who care. We're just really trying to get our, our foot into the community and help people out providing a training on how to handle your finances and things like that. Yeah, and Truist, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big bank at this point. I mean, it's probably number three in the country behind maybe Chase and Bank of America for number of locations. It has like, I think, 1,700 locations now. Yes, yes. And while, you know, things are changing, we're growing in in places where there may have been financial deserts and things of that nature. And in where we have a larger footprint, we are, where we have a larger footprint, we are make consolidating, you know, just trying to make a good use of the space and make sure that we're accessible to everyone. Yeah, and you're now, I hear, the official retail bank of the NFL. Yes, that is exciting. It is super exciting. I don't even like football. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> it has been exciting to watch that come to life. Last year, they had a spot around the area of, of, of where the Super Bowl was. And so then it's just expanded to now as you mentioned. And, you know, that's a good look for us. I think it'll make us more relatable. People will get to um, see our brand, connect with us. You know, it'll cause people to want to find out more about us and they can Google and see all of the the good things that we're doing in the community, our seeds of hope. Just, you know, like I said, we're we're helping with COVID. We're, We're trying to educate people on proper way to 
you know, handle their finances. So that is a really good one. You know, it, it, it's a big thing for us. We're excited. That's 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 a great, you know, branding, huge branding opportunity for a new brand like Truist. That's awesome. Now it's a new brand, but the the the, the banks, BB and T and SunTrust. I didn't really know this, but they're some of the oldest banks in the country. SunTrust originally, I think from a Georgia perspective, was like an 1893 bank and and BB&T goes back to 1913. And so, all right, so you're combining these banks that have grown and grown and grown over, you know, the years. And I've done some tech integration work in my in my career on banks. You know, they have mainframes, they have databases, they have online, they have all these, this technology that has grown from, you know, the beginning of time, basically, of technology. What's it like putting two, you know, heritage banks like these together from a technology perspective? You've you've been doing it for about a a year, year and a half now, right? Right, right. We have. Let me tell you, it's a huge undertaking. A lot of things have to have to happen, you know, merging two different um, data lakes from just strategies on how we interact with our customers. It's a huge undertaking, but, you know, we're up to the challenge. I think we're doing a great job. We've got some of the smartest people that I've met <laughs> helping make that happen. You know, it's exciting. Every day there's something new. It definitely hasn't been an easy journey. We've we've taken gone down some paths and had to turn back around <laughs> and, and hike back up that hill. But you know what? We're almost through it. So, you know, we have all, all the different pieces lined up and mapped out. And so now we're just at a point where we're we're building out the new stuff and and realigning connections and things of that nature. We went from four last year, we had uh, several ESPs, email service providers that we were using, and we've whittled that down now. We're on the home stretch and just setting up the new, you know, because you got to do everything in, in, in layers, right? So we're setting a merge and then the final product. So we're, we're working through that now. So let me, let me, let me ask this. Was there any system that both banks had used that was the same? As, as it relates to email? Well, anything, anything that you worked on in your integration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you hope for, but it never happens, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm, and then I'm thinking to myself, why am I racking my brain? No, nothing, nothing was the same. All right. So how do you choose, you know, one system over another? Now you come from the SunTrust side. Does that mean that SunTrust always wins? No, (laughs) (laughs) it didn't at all. We took a little bit of both. It just depends on which part of the bank in reference to, we we really looked at who the functionality of the platforms that we at, and of course, cost comes up in everything. So, you know, there's that, but really which which platform was going to give us the ability to be more flexible and grow mm-hmm. was, were the platforms that we ended up staying with. And, and, you know, data plays a big part in all of this, of course, right? So knowing about your customers, understanding their preferences, understanding their, their products and where they are in their life cycle, how... How did you bring all that together? Was there a, a pretty big gap between the two banks and how they treated data or yeah. were they pretty sophisticated with data both? And it's just, you know, how do we merge this together? So it was a drastic difference in, uh-huh. in the data and, and with preferences. 
So one bank was more reserved with the, you know, how they manage preferences and the, the preferences that they allowed the customer to have more of a very by the book, it's either yes or no approach, right? And then, you know, <laughs> one bank being a little bit more innovative than the other when it comes to preference management and how they did business with the customer, the, the way they allowed the customer to engage and interact with them, which I think was uh, one of the selling points in, in commingling the, you know, the two banks was mm-hmm. that one was like, wow, you know, they're really straightforward and to the point over here, which is on appearance can seem to be a lot cleaner. And then the other folks were like, wow, you guys can do all of that. <laughs> so we want in. So, so it, it was kind of rough, right? Because you cannot have a sophisticated manner of conversation with your customers without having a very detailed data lake, right? So we've had a huge gap. It's been an interesting year hammering through all of that and preparing the data lake to, to be flexible, you know, because I think that's what it, what it is. You need flexibility. Certain aspects of your market, you know, they're very laid back and they're like, nope, yes or no. And then as you move towards the younger, more sophisticated audience, technology sophisticated audience, you need to have that capability to manipulate and play with their preferences because they may want to talk to you one way today and then tomorrow they're on a whole different whole different level right so so that brings up another question about this integration is that you know one of the banks seems to have a different kind of brand and feel and another a more conservative one let's say and then one of the banks is a little bit more progressive or quote-unquote younger maybe how do you put two of those two things together and create a whole new brand that encompasses everything well you know what that's a good question one and then two strategically very strategically right because you have to look at your whole customer base and you have to consider how people just how people live today, right? So you you will have that sophisticated customer who is somewhat technology savvy in today's world. In reality, if you think about it, my mother is over 70 and she she hit me on duo the other day <laughs> and I didn't know that she could do that. You know, she's learning how to take pictures of her, her, her she got a check for her birthday mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. And she, was, she figured out she called me. She was so excited. She figured out that if she took a picture of her check, the front and back of it, it automatically went into her, her account, right? And so she was like elated. So I think as businesses, we really need to keep that in mind that our, no matter, you know, all of our customers, no matter what their age are tech savvy, but the level of tech savvy is different, right? And I think that that's a good thing that one half of our bank is more traditional, but a, a new kind of traditional and then the other part of our bank is is, is like, hey, let, they want to, you know, deposit something on their smartwatch. Let's figure out how to make it happen, right? So, I think that's a good. It's a balance. It's not going to be easy to to market to all of those customers, but we can do it. Which is why I think touch and technology, which is one of our our core values, is is a good thing to have. Right? You have to know when, where, and how to touch. And what types of technology are going to be good for that? So we're making that happen now. You know, we're playing with our our touch bases as far as communications, what our emails can do. 
right? We're experimenting on, you know, do we need, do we need to put more video? Do we want to try AI when we get a little bit more settled and down the road? You know, do we need to have click to call or or click to a map in our emails? Those type of things. So we're working on it. So let, let's talk specifically about email because that's really your um, area of expertise and what you're overseeing right now. How, what, what do you look for in an email solution for financial services organization? You know, besides, besides preference management, you know, it's a marketing tool. So what kind of marketing do you need to get out of this thing? How, do, how does it work from a financial services perspective? So I would say, you know, we send out various types of, of emails. So if it's a, a credit card campaign or maybe, you know, just we opened a new branch campaign and in all of our emails, I think it's, it's good to have a click to call because they may want to actually call or chat to someone to speak with someone. They have additional questions based on the information that we provided them. Video sometimes works well, you know, journey, something that allows us to to map out the journey and integrates different technology throughout that journey, right? Because we want to make sure that our emails are touching them in the right moment, right? Because you check your email at home, but when you check your email at home on your laptop, you're looking for a specific type of email where you can sit down and do more research Mm -hmm. on, on your computer. Versus if you were to say, look at an email and you're on the go, you might be at lunch, at work, right? You, you scrolling through an email, but you're looking nine times out of 10 for an email that has information on how to get to a place, right? So for those type of things, you want to either click to call or click to open up your map, you know, your, your Google Drive, your, mm-hmm. your Drive app on, on your phone. So really, we, we need to look at the platform to allow us to be more nimble and, and send out different types of campaigns, whether it's a, a six-day journey or, you know, over 90 days or something like that. And based on whether or not it's it's going to go for more of a mortgage campaign versus a credit card, because with a credit card campaign, it might they might get a coupon in there that they'd want to click on while they're in the store and access that, right? So those are the type of things we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and from a tracking and performance perspective, how does all of that tie into, let's say, okay, you sent out the new credit card email and they got a new credit card. How, how does all that plug into the back end using these email tools? So we actually are in the process of building out a dashboard so that we get all that, collect all of that data and our campaign managers can go in and look at that data and then structure their next campaign based off of that. So we're using tools like Tableau and AEP, the Adobe, out of the Adobe line. We're really heavy on Adobe Analytics and integrating that into our newer systems. Got it, got it. And, and from an email platform perspective, what have you found out there that is able to do everything you need it to do and do these journeys and things like that? What, what are the better email platforms you've found? So do I have to limit that to the ones that we're currently no, working with? of course, with? Of course uh, not, of course not. Uh, okay, so right now in our in our deck, we are using you know Epsilon Harmony, Acoustic, Eloqua, those type of things. But you know they're they're well, every platform has the capability to do push notifications and 
and things like that. You know, those are the three that we're using. They're three big hitters. But personally, if it, if it were, if we were at Karen's bank, I probably would, just because I gave you my background, I'm, I'm an old telco person. Even with email, I would still probably use a, a different platform, maybe something like Finch or Twilio, just because nowadays, you know, they, they, they have it all, you know, you can send, I think Twilio implemented SendGrid for email uh, about a year or a year and a half ago. You know, you can set up a whole call contact center using Twilio and, uh, you know, they have the email platform built into that as well. So you have all of that data and each one of those platforms has a preference capability into it, right? So it's like, it's all built in for you. All you have to do is hook it up to, you know, something like Adobe Analytics, AEP, Tableau, and you got all your data. Uh, so I would cheat if it were <laughs> now, So I don't know that much about email marketing, all the bells and whistles of it and all the different, you know, custom, custom things that you can do. So why do you need three different email platforms? So... Well, you know, each platform has its different capabilities. And while they all do similar things, I would say one does it a little bit better than the other. And then just for us in general, I think it's always good to use more than one. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, they say, case in point, last year we were working with a vendor and because of COVID that, you know, an outside vendor to help send email for us because we had a smaller team. And in right at, in the midst of COVID starting, they shut down, they shut their doors. And so, you know, we had to, thankfully, the team, the team, the email team that we have is very nimble and awesome. And we were able to shuffle all that work to a different platform and never miss a beat. So I would say, you know, more so than, than right. functionality, it's just never put all your eggs in one basket and always be prepared to stop and, and change on a dime, right? And like I said, our team was great, awesome, because literally we had eight hours notice. They sent us an email <laughs> saying they were out of business and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> and, you know, the team got together and, and man, my my teammates are awesome because we didn't miss a beat like they moved those campaigns from there to there and they went out as scheduled <laughs> the next morning so it's amazing yeah it, it, it's amazing i hope my team listens to this podcast because they need to know how amazing they really are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll make sure they get they get they get the announcement the yeah i mean even even with the, sort of the tech back end the hardware itself i know aws had an outage in the east and and you always think well it's aws i mean like there's it's it's as safe and redundant as possible it never goes out well it did and you know half half the internet went out because sure. nobody had redundant systems so sure. so redundancy is is more and more important these days so email and you and you mentioned that you'd like in the future as as the integration settles in and and all that to to look at more of the the newer advanced tools like ai machine learning things like that you know have you looked at any any have you seen and heard anything about ai and, and machine learning and email that you've liked and and, and is it so what what if so what would you like to add in to your stack? So I really haven't had the opportunity just at a high level. From what I saw, I, I do like how 
in changing out the subject line and, and things like that, learning how to get it better. I think artificial intelligence there would, would be like great, right? And then just machine learning, just to kind of help us. I'm not sure if, if this functionality is going to be readily accessible to us, but just to kind of help us see which one, you know, which campaigns are doing better and, and help us learn, you know, how to move over to the next uh, iteration of what we're we're trying to put together, send out, but definitely with the subject line and for AI, I see that happening. Yeah. And, and so that, that brings up another question I had actually about testing, you know, A-B testing or different messages, you know, these platforms must allow you to do that. How much of that is important have you found in financial services and how, how, how do you, how does your email team test and revise and and, and move move sort of forward throughout a campaign? <laughs> well, we did do a lot of A and B testing on our own emails. And fortunately, I don't have, I don't get to get my hands dirty in on that. Um, <laughs> but we do. We pretty much, you know, they let us know when they're setting up their campaigns if they want to test with different subject lines and, and all of that. So our campaign, our program managers would would take care of that. And that's not necessarily something that falls in my bucket as the platform strategist, but they do and they get the numbers back on that. They will review it with their line of business partners and make the necessary changes. Got it. All right. So so to finish up here, what what does it look like for the next year for you with Truist, with email, with with the, the final integrations and the brands coming together finally? What's it what's it look like for you in Truist? So yeah, good question. We're coming in into the home stretch, very busy. Uh, a lot of consolidation happening. We're moving things around. Can't say too much because a lot of a lot of the decisions we're making has yet to be announced. Right. But it's going to be very busy and exciting. Like we're doing different projects. One of my teammates, she she works with third party integrations. We're you know utilizing tools like Litmus in our our email setup. We're doing some interesting campaigns over the next couple of months with Movable Inc. Because, you know, we work with them to make all the fancy emails that you get. <laughs> so we have some of, some of those kind of cutting edge emails coming up. As far as preferences, we're trying to integrate them, our email preferences throughout the bank so that customers can let us know what, what lines of business they would like to receive email from throughout just a lot of training within our email department for our teammates that work there. It's pretty busy, pretty busy. We're, we're expanding our data lake, our marketing data lake as well. So we got a lot happening. And you have to do it all virtually, right? No offices. Right. <laughs> all virtually so far. Yeah, I we keep thinking we might go in the office, and, you know, just to have a... A level set and see each other because we haven't seen right. each other in a year. But every time we think we're close to going in the office, they're like, psych, you get to work from home again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. At, at Cognitive, we've hired a lot of people over the last year, and, and somebody made a comment that they don't know how tall anybody is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know like, oh because they've only seen you on yeah yeah you could be like six feet tall or five feet tall nobody would know you know yeah. based on the camera angles so 
Yeah, that, that's true. We have been able to build the build the bond, even though we are virtual. We get together every couple of weeks and we do a big old WebEx meeting so we can see each other and you know we chat and stuff. So I don't know how you how are you how is your team bonding and staying connected? Good question. Yeah, we we're we're pretty heavy on culture, and we we're a company that has two main offices. So we've always been split between the Seattle area, Bellevue, and New York City. And now you know people are. I'm like I'm in Florida. People are all over the place. But those two main offices were always separate anyway. So we wanted early before COVID, we wanted to make sure that we could all get to know each other. So we. We came up with all these different virtual social things to do and games and competitions and and teams and things like that. So everybody sort of mixes around. And that, I think, helped us a lot going into COVID because we just continued to do those things. But we do, each office is required to sort of have a coffee at least once a week, if not three to four to five times a week, just to, you know, talk, not to talk business, but to, you know, how was your weekend? What you, you know, the stuff that you do when you go into an office and and say hello in the morning, you know, so we've tried to keep that going, which I think has really helped. And when we have been able to like have a picnic or something outside with a few people, mm-hmm. it's funny because I, you know, when I've gone, I haven't met some of these people in person, but because we've been on so many calls together, it's, it's like, we know each other already. So that's been nice. It's, that's a sort of proof that it's been working, but it's been tough. I mean, I, I would think for you going through this huge integration, technical integration without being together must've been a challenge. It, it is a challenge. Like we have our um, scrum meetings every morning with our MarTech partners. You know, I, I'm on the phone with my boss constantly. <laughs> My dog knows his name, like her little ears picked up, like, oh, she knows his voice, you know, I think his daughter knows my name, like, it's that lady, <laughs> it's that lady, yeah, we, it's hard, we do stay connected with people, you know, you have to stay connected yeah. with in order to make it happen. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for being on Hidden Layers. This wraps it up for another episode of the Hidden Layers podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Karen, for being here. And we hope everybody is getting through this, hopefully, beginning of the end of the COVID experience all, all well and safe. Thank you, everyone, and tune in next time.